Hello, listeners and fellow explorers. This is Living in the Sprawl's lovely and talented producer-slash-wife, Lisa Steinberg. I wanted to thank all of you for your continuous support of the show. As a new podcast on the scene, John and I self-support the logistics and research that go into the show. The number one way to support the show is to rate, review, and share this podcast with everyone you know. Many of you have been doing this, and it has helped immensely. I also invite you to check out our website and the show notes for other ways to support the show. We are currently working with companies we currently use ourselves to get discount codes for our listeners and support the show in the process. These companies include Every Table, Just CBD Store, Gold Belly, Cats Botanicals, and so much more. By using the links on our website, you are letting them know we sent you and in turn supporting the show. You can also support us on Patreon and Podfan. Please check out the website at livinginthesprawlpodcast.com for updates on companies we are working with, our testimonies, links, codes, and new Living in the Sprawl merchandise. Again, thank you to all of you, our lovely listeners, for tuning in every week and allowing us to do what we love. Without further ado, your humble correspondent, John Steinberg. Hello. And welcome to another installment of Living in the Sprawl, Southern California's most adventurous podcast. I am, as always, your humble host and correspondent. My name is John Steinberg, joined by my lovely and immensely talented wife slash producer. Her name is Lisa Steinberg. We are the team here at Sprawl Enterprises. Ready to bring you yet another exciting foray into the vast, expansive terrain that we have lovingly dubbed The Sprawl. On today's show, an in-memoriam, an examination of a legend, the ultimate legend. Today, we discuss the life and times of, I feel repetitive saying this word again, but it really is the most accurate one to summarize this gentleman. We're going to be talking about the career, life, and times of legendary NBA Hall of Famer Kobe Bryant. But we're going to be doing it a little bit differently, examining 10 uniquely important spots that each played a role in the life of the Laker legend. On January 26, 2020... Lisa and I received the news about the tragic helicopter accident in Calabasas while at brunch. When we came back to our apartment a mere stone's throw away from the Staples Center, the area was jam-packed with fans, well-wishers. There really hasn't been a scene before or since that I can really compare the happenings around Staples Center that day to. It was the Grammy Awards, and the news of the crash had motivated thousands upon thousands of people to flock to downtown, to pay tribute, to remember, and to celebrate the life and times of Los Angeles' favorite son, Kobe Bryant. I think on that day, each of us, in our own way, remembered something that was tangentially related to Kobe's career in Purple and Gold. Maybe it was where we happened to be the night of a particularly stirring contest during the NBA Finals. 
Perhaps we could recollect a time when we were celebrating a graduation or a wedding or someone's birthday while the Lakers were competing in the NBA playoffs. For those of us that grew up in Southern California, there was no one like him. I was 10 years old when Kobe Bryant came to the Lakers, and whether it was the superstar taking Brandy to his high school prom, his leaked rap freestyles, or the debut in 2009 of the documentary he did with Spike Lee doing work, memories came flooding to the surface when I heard of Kobe's passing. He was also a Newport Beach guy. He happened to live in the community that was just down the hill from the house where I grew up. Friends had stories about seeing him at the local coffee bean. I remember seeing him at a photography studio on the Pacific Coast Highway. So today, we're going to do our best to try and put Kobe's life and times into perspective by discussing 10 locations that uniquely defined the life and times of Kobe Bean Bryant. At number 10, the Dolby Theater on Hollywood Boulevard. This is where Kobe Bryant received an Academy Award for Best Animated Short in 2018 for Dear Basketball. Here we have an indication of where the Black Mamba was attempting to go in his post-basketball career. I just listened, or re-listened, to an interview that he did about a year before his passing with Anna Ferris, where he was talking about a series of children's books that were in the works. He was collaborating with Paolo Coelho of The Alchemist fame. And when he won the Golden Statue at the Oscars, it represented an expansion of his patented laser-like gaze. If Kobe had lived, undoubtedly, he would have continued his work in fields outside of basketball. The Dolby Theater, which stands adjacent to the Hollywood and Highland Center, as well as Grauman's Chinese Theater is home to the biggest night for players within the movie industry. And interesting to note that Kobe Bryant, who as I mentioned, would go on to collaborate with Spike Lee, was actually Lee's first choice for the Jesus Shuttlesworth part in He Got Game. Who knows what the future would have provided for the Black Mamba. At number 10, the Dolby Theater, where Kobe Bryant took home a coveted Golden Academy Award statue. At number nine, Javier's Mexican Restaurant in Newport Beach. Right after Kobe's passing, the entire basketball world came to a head. Everyone seemingly had a Kobe story. For ESPN's lead NBA newsbreaker, Adrian Wojnarowski, he reflected upon a time when he had lunch with Kobe Bryant at what he phrased as Kobe's favorite restaurant, Javier's. There are six different outlets of the incredibly popular upscale Mexican eatery, but the one in Newport, Kobe's adopted hometown, was absolutely one of the legend's favorite spots. He was known to frequent the beautiful restaurant from time to time, 
often conducting business meetings at Javier's or simply dining out with his wife Vanessa and his four daughters. The restaurant is not all that far from where Kobe Bryant lived. So if you fancy yourself a diehard Black Mamba enthusiast, strongly recommend doing like number 24 did, getting yourself some grub at Javier's in Newport Beach. And number eight, the Kobe Bryant mural at 1147 South Hope Street in the South Park section of downtown Los Angeles. It's not just Kobe in this particular mural. His daughter Gigi is also represented, as is the Black Mamba snake, which would come to signify the way in which the former number eight approached the game. There are over 600 Kobe Bryant-related murals in the world as of this recording. They exist not only in Southern California, not only in the United States. There are Kobe Bryant murals that I found in Uganda, in South America, in Europe, on every one of the world's continents. Los Angeles and Orange County, for obvious reasons, have the lion's share of Kobe Bryant murals. And they can be found in all corners of the city, from Century and Western in the Westmont section of South Los Angeles, to the Melrose District, Burbank, far and wide, all kinds, all different types of art. But the one roughly three blocks away from the Staples Center is my personal favorite. It's large in scale includes both of the Bryants that passed on January 26, 2020, as well as the iconic Black Mamba snake. Though there are no shortage of Kobe Bryant murals, the one at 1147 South Hope is, in my opinion, a cut above. At number seven, the Mamba Sports Academy in Thousand Oaks. Well, it's not called the Mamba Sports Academy any longer. In deference to the Bryant estate, the Mamba name, as well as pretty well all traces of Kobe Bryant, were taken off the website of the Academy. If you're interested, there is a Mamba Sita Sports Foundation that you can learn more about online. But this is the campus that the nine members of the traveling party were headed to on the morning in question. There used to be a branch of the Mamba Sports Academy in Redondo Beach that no longer exists either. And even though this sports academy may no longer have the word Mamba in it, everyone will always remember its deep association with Mr. Bryant. He partnered with the Sports Academy in late 2018, and actually the day before the tragic accident, he and his daughter had been there as he looked on coaching Gigi from the sidelines. There are a bevy of programs, a really noteworthy summer basketball camp, all kinds of treatment programs sports training. It's all sort of covered at the Sports Academy that used to be called the Mamba Sports Academy in Thousand Oaks. Again, the name Mamba has been removed from the Academy, 
but it is still very much the Mamba Sports Academy. At number six, the Long Beach Pyramid, which is now known as the Walter Pyramid. This is at Cal State Long Beach. It opened in the year of our Lord, 1994. And in the summer of 1996, an 18-year-old graduate of Lower Marion High School in Philadelphia played in his first competition representing the franchise that he would partner with for two decades. On an afternoon in the summer of 1996, a young Kobe Bryant took the court at the Long Beach Pyramid for what at that point was the annual Summer League series of competitions. They were playing the Pistons. Bryant had 26 points in the game, and it kicked off a two-decade-long relationship that would yield five NBA championships and a legacy that is truly going to be impossible to match. It all started at the Long Beach Pyramid in 1996. And number five, LA Live. On January 26, 2020, the Grammys took place at Staples Center. They were hosted by Alicia Keys, who proclaimed, We're gathered here today in the house that Kobe built. And indeed, that very much is the case. Though his career began a couple seasons before the Lakers moved from the great Western Foreman Inglewood to their home at Olympic and Figueroa, LA Live grew in the shadow of the Staples Center. On that day, those thousands of individuals that I referenced at the top of this podcast gathered at LA Live, right behind the statues of Shaq and Kareem and Wilt Chamberlain and Wayne Gretzky. Lisa and I were there. Chance of Kobe, Chance of Gigi. It was raw, it was spontaneous. The gathering that happened that Sunday in January was unlike anything I've ever seen. And when people make documentaries about the events of that day, it's going to be within the first few shots of the film, the scene going on at LA Live. Nothing like it. I'm not kidding. And it kind of stayed like that for quite a while. At the time, as I mentioned, had an apartment that was a stone's throw away from LA Live. And in the weeks and even months following Kobe's passing, LA Live was kind of a de facto gathering spot where grieving fans and supporters could congregate to celebrate the life and legacy of Lakers' favorite son, Kobe Bean Bryant. At number four, El Camino Real Mexican Restaurant in Fullerton. After Kobe's passing, a number of articles came out indicating that this unassuming order at the counter spot at a Fullerton strip mall happened to be a favorite of the Bryant family. Kobe was introduced to El Camino Real during his courtship with Vanessa. Vanessa, who attended high school at nearby Marina and who grew up in the Orange County area, had been going to El Camino Real her entire life. They went there, as I mentioned, during the period that came before their marriage. After they had children, they continued patronizing the establishment to the point where Kobe had a special order. 
You know you're a regular when you can just tell the folks behind the counter I'll have the usual and they nod and acquiesce. For Kobe, carnitas plate, tostada, and a cantaloupe agua fresca. Delicious, inexpensive. If you head to this restaurant, you'll undoubtedly hear someone simply tell the person behind the counter that they would like the Kobe and they know what that means because he really was a regular. And number three, the helicopter crash site in Calabasas. Now, I don't put this on here in an attempt to double down on the, as some would put it, looky-loos or folks who would come to the site to simply gawk or take awful pictures, videos, that kind of a thing. I put this on there to reiterate the fact that Kobe Bryant was a human being. He was a person. This is where his life came to an end. He wasn't a video game, not an NFT. He was mortal. And so were the other eight individuals that perished on that day in January. Though there's no official memorial at the actual site as of this recording, I anticipate at some point in the future there probably will be. It's a pretty beautiful spot in some respects and completely forgettable in others. You have those cascading hills, a gorgeous Calabasas Vista that more or less takes you into Malibu Canyon. And much like the X that sits in the middle of the road outside Dealey Plaza to denote where JFK lost his life, the crash site is important for the same reasons. When people like Kobe Bryant exist, there's a tendency to deify them, to remember them as gods. JFK, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, Benazir Bhutto. When these figures lost their lives, not only were their beings tragically taken from us far too soon, but we were reminded that they were all just human beings. So if you'd like to pay your respects, don't be that person with a phone. Don't be that person who needs to take a picture of this area, but just to see it like you would if you went to visit the site where JFK was assassinated and there's that X in the middle of the road. For those same reasons, this truly is a place that should be seen by all those that loved this man for his achievements on and off the court. And number two, the Bryant grave at Pacific View Memorial Cemetery in Corona del Mar. My grandparents are buried here. I've attended multiple funerals at this cemetery. It's literally less than a mile away from my mother's house. It's also where luminaries John Wayne, Bobby Hatfield of the Righteous Brothers, Jeff Hanneman from the band Slayer, it's where they're buried also. We won't tell you how to go about finding the grave of Kobe and Gigi Bryant. Suffice to say that we have done the legwork. We do know that he is buried there. We've been able to confirm this. And like we mentioned on our episode discussing the graves of famous musicians, again, we urge anyone that finds the actual grave at Pacific View, don't be the person to take pictures, be respectful, 
But we do understand that Kobe Bryant meant a great deal to a great many individuals. So if you would like to pay your respects, you can do so at Pacific View Memorial Cemetery in the Corona Del Mar section of Newport Beach. And at number one, it has to be Staples Center. I know it's technically called Crypto.com, but Kobe never knew that. So we're going to talk about it as Staples Center. The house that number eight, number 24, the guard from Lower Marion High School, that's how he knew it and helped make it one of the more legendary venues in professional sports. It was here that Kobe won his five NBA championships. Here that he told a packed house when he decided to retire Mamba out. Here that he scored 60 points on the night of his last game as an NBA player. Here that he partnered with Shaquille O'Neal for some of the most exciting basketball that anyone had ever seen. Here that he taught multiple generations of Southern California residents to dream, to aspire. That if you put your head down, worked, took it seriously, put everything you had on the court, the results would come later. As one of my best friends would so often remind me, in the words of Kobe Bryant, all you had to do was trust the process. That's going to do it for another episode of the show. We would like to thank everyone for their continued support of the podcast. A couple of easy ways to express and demonstrate such support. Hop on Apple, iTunes, or wherever you happen to be listening to the show. Leave us a five-star rating and a kind review. That stuff really helps us out a great deal on the business end. If you'd like to correspond with us, drop us a line, an email. We do love interacting with listeners. The address is livinginthesprawlpodcast at gmail.com. The Instagram handle is livinginthesprawlpodcast. We'd like to direct you to our phenomenal website. And it's on this website that you can snap up any and all Living in the Sprawl merchandise as well as the special Living in the Sprawl guide. On behalf of myself, as always, I am your humble host and correspondent. My name is John Steinberg, joined by my lovely and immensely talented producer slash my wife. Her name is Lisa Steinberg, thanking you from the bottom of our hearts for listening to another episode of Living in the Sprawl, Southern California's most adventurous podcast. Talk to you guys very soon.